Welcome to On Fighting in Thailand, the best news and analysis covering the economics and infrastructure of Muay Thai. I'm Matt Lucas, journalist, commentator, and ex-Muay Thai fighter. Make stronger fighters, make stronger people. Today we will be talking to Kyle Messenger from Canada as part of our series on promoting. Specifically, we're talking about one promotion that's having its event November 30th in Calgary, Canada. It's the Muay Thai World Cup put on together by Kirian Kettle out of Elite Brayside and also in Calgary, Canada. A little bit of news first. If you'd like to reach me, you can follow me on Instagram, MattLucasBKK, or email me at a.mattlucas at gmail.com. You can always check out my website, which I update periodically, uh, www.matt-lucas.com. Thanks, as always, to all the people that have supported me so far, sharing the podcast, leaving reviews, telling their friends. Uh, if you'd like to re- leave a review, that would be super helpful. You can do so on the iTunes store. Also, I want to personally thank a few people, Vinny Scotto, Patrick Rivera, Dave Brooks, Sean Madden, and Wendell, Wendell Galano, Chris, and Chris Tran for helping me get going with my camera again. I'm going to be putting out a new Behind the Fight with Wonder Girl Fairtex soon. Hopefully it will come out this week. So I really appreciate these guys' support. I recently broke my camera. They chipped in to help me create more awesome content. Also, thank you to my sponsors, uh, Nakmoy Legends, for their continued support of the show. They create some great Muay Thai apparel with portions of the proceeds going back to the legends they celebrate. All the superstars have been paid for their images as well. They recently signed Sanctinoy, uh, so a ring roll. So that's an amazing signage. I'm very excited about that. Uh, you can check out their gear at www.nakmoylegends.com. That's N-A-K-M-U-A-Y-L-E-G-E-N-D-S.com. Use On Fighting, O-N-F-I-G-H. T-I-N-G to get 15% off your order. Also, if you're interested in doing some more reading, um, I wrote a series of interconnected Muay Thai short stories. It's called The Boxer Soliloquy. The fast-paced book was published back in 2014, but still remains a strong read. I'm hoping and working on a new book, so hopefully I will have that out soon. A um, little bit of delays on my part, uh, looking maybe at the beginning of next year. You can pick up the Boxer Soliloquy off of Amazon and, and or read it as an ebook. Um, again, that's the Boxer Soliloquy, uh, S-O-L-I-L-O-Q-U-Y. Uh, thanks, as always, to Patrick Rivera for helping me get the show started. Uh, He is having a Muay Thai business summit in San Diego in early February. I highly encourage people to attend. Uh, If you aren't a member already, I also suggest you join the Muay Thai business community. It's an international Facebook group for business advice, advice and growth. There's some really knowledgeable gems in that group. Uh, A little bit about Kyle Messenger, who hails from Canada. 
our subject for today. Uh, in 2013, he knew he wanted to play sports, but didn't want to do hockey like everyone else in Canada. Um, he ended up at a Muay Thai gym, and in 2016, he had his first trip to Thailand. He's gone six times since. He's fought at Max Muay Thai along with local temple fights uh, from 2017 to 2018. He spent six months in total in the country, in Thailand. Um, he is one of the people in the four-man tournament, which features Cody Jerome from Progressive Fight Academy, Cody Lascar from Westside in Ottawa, along with Lance Dixon from Santa Monica Striking, who we talked to in the last episode. Uh, Lance and Kyle have fought before. They fought in February at Triumphant in the States, with Lance taking the decision. Uh, since then, Kyle has had a lot of international opportunities. He's gone to London, where he fought Sal Khalifa, uh, on Royal Combat, it was a five-round fight, and he took the decision win, which was a big deal. Uh, he works as a full-time personal trainer out of the gym, um, and he's obviously very excited for this four-man tournament on November 30th. It's a winner-take-all prize. Uh, so the prize is $3,000, so a good payday for the winner. For the losers, might be a little rough. Uh, one of the really great things we talk about in this episode is ticket sales. Uh, ticket sales, especially for Western fighters, is really, really important. And we talk about how he sells tickets, what the best way for him to deal with it and manage it, the money side, the promotion side. Uh, we also talk about his management by Kyrian and getting more of these international opportunities. And so... Without further ado, the interview with Kyle Messenger. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Kyle. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great to be on the podcast this morning. Awesome. So one of the reasons why you're on here today is for the four-man tournament. You're going to be on the in the Royal Muay Thai Cup on November 30th in Canada. Uh, just tell me a bit about how you got on the show and uh, what the experience is like. Um, how I got on the show, uh, I'm really fortunate that uh, one of my coaches is uh, the promoter, uh, Mr. Kier, or Coach Kieran Kettle. Um, um, the experience so far has been great. I mean, um, he's bringing world-class promoting experience to Canada. Um, the first time I've experienced a show on this level, on this side of the, of the uh, oceans. Yeah, you have had some international experience uh, fighting at Max Muay Thai, and then you said uh, Royal Combat in London. What were those shows like compared to maybe this show? Um, uh, the, the comparison, um, you know, hopefully it'll it, be a very similar production as, you know, like, uh, the Max Muay Thai, like, you know, going through rehearsals before you even, you know, get to the stadium, um, you know, um, just really professional, like, nice, 
nice looking, looks good for the fans, everyone's excited, uh, the atmosphere will be bumping, uh, same as that roar, um, it would, you know, it's just very well done, well organized, the shows go off at a hitch, um, mm. and you get to see some exciting battles. Yeah, and in those bouts, uh, your the other people in the 154-pound uh, tournament are Cody Jerome from Progressive Fight Academy, Cody Lascar from Westside in Ottawa, along with uh, Lance Dixon from Santa Monica Striking. What has the preparation been like for this tournament, and has it been different than normal? Um, pressure, uh, preparation for the tournament really hasn't changed any at all. Um, the only difference being, I know that I'm going to have to fight uh, twice in, in one night. So I just, you know, um, pushing a little bit harder maybe on my conditioning. But other than that, I'm not really changing how I prepare um, for each guy. Um, I, I'm ready to fight all three of them um, and, and just go out there and, and, and do my thing, really. That's that's my, uh, my base concern, just go do my thing. Mm-hmm. And you may end up fighting Lance Dixon again. You two fought earlier this year on Triumphant Promotions. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that first match with him and then what may happen if you see him again in this tournament? Um, my, Lance and I, yeah, we fought in February. Um, it was definitely, oh, it was a very close fight. Um, Lance got the decision in that one, and, uh, you know, he. It, it could have went either way, and is how I felt. Um, how things will change in this one if, if we have if we do it again? Um, you know, I, I think uh, I learned a lot from that first fight. You know, so um, just maybe implementing what I would like to do a little bit sooner. Mm-hmm. What is something that you learned specifically from that first bout? Oh, Matt, we'll give it all away, right? But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, you know, just, just I need to be me. That's uh, the biggest thing. I need to be me. I, I, I can't uh, sit and uh, try and be someone I'm not. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel like you did that in the first bout? Um, you know, maybe the the big reasons of first time, you know, down uh, in the states to fight. Um, you know, first time on, you know, a bigger show here in North America, and North American pro debut, um, there's a lot going on, I, I must say, um, but I don't want to make that, like, an excuse, I still should have went and, and done what I needed to do, right, like, there's, it's, it's the fight game, I guess, uh, every, every, every fight is different, and, um, I just, uh, now I'm at home, and, uh, um, I'm excited, I'm excited to do it again. Mm-hmm. And you also went to London recently where you had a five-round fight. Uh, you mentioned it before. So you traveled after the Triumphant show. What was that experience like? Uh, traveling to London was, you know, definitely eye-opening. First time I've ever been to Europe or to the UK. Um, you know, just seeing different culture. Um, I was lucky enough to go with uh, my teammate, uh, Mark McKinnon. Um, you know, it was uh, definitely a great experience for both of us. It definitely helped that we went two and zero on the night. Um, you know, and got to fight a world class fighter too uh, in Salah Khalifa. So I was just, you know, it was a great experience for us um, to go the other side. I was definitely more uh, ready for that international bout than, mm-hmm. than my last, uh, my one in the states. And 
can you talk a little bit about Salah Khalifa? What's his background as well? Um, Salah is, uh, you know, three-time world champ. Um, you know, he comes from a great gym. He trains at uh, the Knowles Academy, you know, with guys like uh, Liam Nolan and, uh, and Jonathan Haggerty. Um, you know, he, he's been around for a long time. He's fought the best in the world. And it was definitely a really big step up to get that opportunity to fight him. And then to get the decision was uh, just the icing on the cake. Yeah, I mean, obviously, going abroad, fighting someone a lot more experienced. Um, what, why do you think you won that fight? What gave you that edge? Do you think because, you know, you were underestimated? Um, you know, what allowed me to win that fight? Was I underestimated? Possibly. Um, I was an unknown uh, coming from Canada. But uh, like I said before, I went and I fought my fight. Um, you know, we, we made a game plan here in Canada before I left. Um, and I feel like I executed that game plan for four or five rounds. And that was what allowed me to get that victory. Mm -hmm. And what was the game plan for that fight? Um, you, you know, just to push the pace. You know, the, mm -hmm. the game plan was to push the pace, um, make him a little uncomfortable with how uh, how much pressure I can bring. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like what did you learn from that fight um, specifically? Uh, the biggest thing that I learned from that fight is I deserve to be in there. You know, I deserve to have this opportunity to fight this four man. I deserve to get those. Uh, you know the the big fights, the title shots. You know, especially when uh, when I win this tournament. Um, you know, my name will. I deserve to have you know be in the with the best guys in Canada, the best guys in the world. Mm -hmm. And so this uh, the four man tournament is obviously a big potential marker in your career. Where do you see your career now, and where do you see it going? Um, where I see my career right now is uh, I'm just getting started. All right, like I've been on the basically fighting professionally for about a year now, um, you know, in Thailand and then are now around the world. Um, and then where I see it going, I just see it going up, right? I, I'm ready to take on, you know, the big headline shows. Um, hopefully we get to do another big show um, for more Thai World Cup in the new year. Hopefully travel a little bit more, be back uh, to Europe. Maybe even Asia. I'm just really excited to get on the get get going. Just to get going, you know. Yeah, I believe Kieran already has a date set for the next uh, Muay Thai World Cup. Uh, so uh, I assume uh, since you do train with him, that one way or another you'll be on that card, either potentially defending your four-man belt or you know just in a regular bout. Um, do you feel like you will stay based in Canada or do you think you will travel back to Thailand? Because I know you've spent a decent amount of time there as well. Um, for right now, um, I, I believe I'll stay based in Canada. We have two full-time coaches here at Elite Martial Arts. Um, you know, Crew Francois, who I've been working with since 2013, and then now with uh, Coach Kieran coming on board last year. Um, we have, it's full-time training. We've trained two, two, sometimes three times a, uh, a day, you know, six days a week. We're, 
I don't feel as if we need to go on the, the road to train like in say Thailand um, like maybe in the past um, and then definitely have been you know here and here as the, my manager as well as my coach um, it opens a lot of doors not just for Canadian and North American fights but also in Europe and in Asia he has so many connections um, around the world that there's endless possibilities yeah I assume that he got you the uh, bout in Royal at London yes that is correct he got mm-hmm. me that bout and he also got me the bout uh, the first battle against Lance uh, on Triumphant. Yeah, so you've already had two international level bouts because he's come in to the gym and it's been less than a year, correct? Or a little uh, more than yeah, a year that he's been there. Yeah, just over a year that he's been here. Yeah, and two international bouts and, and you know, and he's had me lined up for a few more and it just it just hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, injuries and things. So, um yeah, I'm just, I'm just really excited for what the future holds, you know. I mean, if you can get six-plus uh, fights per year, it's almost worth staying at home if you feel comfortable. Yeah, 100%. And that's, that, that's the thought process here. Um, you know, that's the goal uh, going into 2020. Yeah, I feel like uh, for a lot of North American fighters, they don't get the opportunity to fight that often because... Um, you know, either there's not enough shows and or uh, their management is not good, uh, so they don't have the connections to get them to those good shows, which it seems like you have. Yeah, uh, that, is, that is 100% correct. Um, even, like, before, um, you know, Kieran got here, uh, you know, there wasn't much in Canada, even as an amateur. If you were fighting four or five like six times a year was a lot as an amateur here in uh, in Canada. You know, we're so spread out as a country that it's hard to get fights against the best guys in the country. So you either have to go to the States or, you know, fight the same guys twice, and, you know, things like that, just to get your fights up. But uh, now having Kieran on board, um, things are definitely looking promising to get those international, that international experience. And can you talk a little bit about what your amateur career was like in Canada? Um, so my amateur career in Canada, um, you know, it started here in Calgary, um, and just trying to fight on local shows. Uh, when I started out uh, fighting in 2015, um, there was only about three shows a year in Calgary. Um, now that's uh, ballooned um, for amateur shows. There's six or seven that you can get on easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was definitely a struggle. And, you know, I went to Thailand for the first time in 2016 just for a, a quick little uh, three week kind of mini vacation, mini training uh, experience. And I, got a, and I got to fight, you know, and that was like right away, you know, within three weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, that was like eye opening. Like, oh man, you can. Like, you can fight a lot, um, but then you come back here and then, you know, you hope to get a couple fights and you can go to tournaments in the States or in Toronto. Um, they have a couple tournaments, but it, it costs a lot of money to get around um, in North America. Um, and then, um, unfortunately, couldn't make all of them. Made a few, got to experience some of it. Uh, fighting in tournaments, you know, a couple fights in a day or... Uh, 
fight every day, and then just trying to stay active here on the local scene, which could be hard because as soon as you get experience, then the less there's less and less fighters. Um, but now I feel like I said with uh, with Coach Kieran on board, uh, we're gonna we're gonna take over. And so, just economically, you mentioned that traveling in North America was more expensive. Do you feel like economically it made more sense for you just to go to Thailand, or was it like enough money or, or cheap enough that traveling around in North America actually made sense? Um, yeah, uh, economically, it made way more sense to go to, to Thailand. Uh, you could go to Thailand for, you know, six months and have five fights, you know, like, or whatever it may be, even to go for two or three weeks and have, um, you know, you can have a fight easily, um, where guaranteed basically, right? Like you get off the plane and the trainers are asking you, when, when can you fight? Mm-hmm. Um, in North America, you know, you gotta wait for it to get set up. Um, it could be two months yeah, and then flying, um, it's almost the same cost to fly to the east coast of Can from where I'm at as it is to go to Thailand. So to go over there, get the experience, fight the best, train with the best, um, it, it just seemed more economically uh, efficient for me at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Do you feel like a lot of Canadians go to Thailand or is it I know in America, not a lot of Americans actually travel overseas. Uh, yeah, as far, as far as Canadians go, I feel like um, most all of us have made that journey to Thailand um, at least once to get that experience. Um, or, and, you know, many of us have gone multiple times. It's the quickest way to get... Um, out, you know, like um, for us, you know, being like I said, so uh, spread out as a nation, it, it, and the economic cost of flying around our country is very, is, is very high. So um, everyone seems to make that pilgrimage at least once to get a couple fights in a very short period of time to get that experience. You know, fighting in a Thai stadium, uh, training on, uh, you know. Uh, the, the, the Thai way and, and really it's it's really big here I feel in this country yeah that's pretty awesome how do you think it has helped Canadian Muay Thai develop over the last few years I know you just started uh, Muay Thai about four years ago but have you seen improvements or changes uh, as far as like the development of the sport in Canada it since I started like I signed my first fight in 2015, um, the opportunities are getting better in Canada. There are so many, just in Alberta, you know, there's probably about eight, uh, eight promoters right now. Um, Muay Thai Ontario's uh, kind of taken off out on the East Coast. Um, they're doing tons of stuff. Um, it's just, um, it's now it's just getting the talent and the, uh, the experience of the higher level fighters. Um, to all get in like one spot. Um, what Thailand does is it gets guys like professional fights um, at, at a good level. So when they come back, they are you know ready to go around the world as uh, as pros. Yeah. So it sounds like at least for Canadian Muay Thai that um, 
Thailand sort of acts as an accelerator. Yeah, you're 100% correct, man. Yep. It definitely helps uh, get you on the, the, the fast, fast, faster track to uh, some good success and have the opportunity to, to fight on shows like Muay Thai World Cup. Yeah, so obviously this show is a little is pretty big, um, especially for Calgary. Uh, what is it like fighting on a show or being prepared to fight on a show that your coach is putting together? Uh, it's definitely interesting. Uh, this is the first time I've um, been so close to a promoter and got to see all of the things that are like going on behind the scenes. Um, it definitely little bit more eye-opening to know what they go through as promoters um but you know he does a very good job of keeping it business when it's in the gym as far as training goes and then you know talking about the promotion and things that we have to do to help uh build it up when it's not training time you know like uh keeping it you know as promoter kind of separate from as a coach yeah, so one, what are some of the things that you've sort of seen behind the scenes that you were surprised about? Um, one of the biggest things that I was surprised about is just uh, how much, like, struggle um, you can have with different uh, personalities, you know? Like, um, just how people interact um, I, I get to, I'm a little bit closer to, my wife is actually um, helping him with the coordination of the event, mm-hmm. so you kind of see like how different people, um, coaches, uh, the different athletes, how they kind of uh, do their business compared to yourself, you know, like, I'm not saying I'm perfect in the way I do things is the, you know, the, the correct way, um, it is nice that I have someone telling me that you have to go do this now. And you have to get, and you know, you have to be um, promoting and pushing and, uh, the event all the time. And then, how some, you know, different personalities. Not everyone is uh, extroverted. Not everyone wants to like uh, be like spreading word or you know. And then some people are very loud. And, you know, and they're just you know they're talking about it all the time. You know, some people are good at doing the paperwork, and some people are struggling to get the paperwork done. It's just it's just interesting, you know. On on that that to me that would be a big uh, big uh, headache. Um, I you know uh, dealing with all the different personalities, but you know I know Coach Kieran does a great job of keeping uh, everyone, and, and all fights are on as of as of this conversation. So I'm really it's really really cool to see nothing's falling out yet. So. Yeah, it must be really interesting to get a behind the scenes look at. Uh, especially a promotion in North America. Um, you said that, you know, some people are good at promoting and pushing things. Like, I definitely think uh, your stablemate Scott McKenzie is uh, very active on social media. What is seeing him doing stuff and sort of what is your experience with social media like? Yeah, you, you, you uh, obviously have met Scott and know that he's, uh, you know, he's very good at the social media thing. Um, personally, I find it a little bit exhausting to uh, do that, but I sit and I watch Scott and I'm like, I'm in awe. You know, he, he does a great job of, uh, you know, that, you know, social media presence. Um, you know, I'm a little bit envious sometimes of his, uh, his, his uh, ability to, to produce good content all the time. 
Um, but you know, for me personally, I find it very hard to be that um, um, forward, I guess, with my life and you know, like uh, what I do and how I go about my business. So. Yeah, it's that's definitely one of the one of the ones where I you, you said it, oh man, like that guy can he can sell, you know, he, mm-hmm. he's gonna have a, a a good crowd there on uh, November thirtieth. Why do you feel like uh, you you are more reserved? Is it because you're embarrassed? Is it because you're you're shy? Why do you feel like you don't put yourself out there as much as say Scott McKenzie does? Um, uh, personally, I just, um, I, I never, I, I'm very personal. I can sit and talk. I think with people face to face, um, no problem. Uh, as far as like writing goes, um, it's very, it's, it's, a, it's a struggle for me, um, to like even put a, a sentence together, you know, on paper can be a, be a struggle for me. And, um, that's kind of my biggest thing. Um, I'm, I'm, English is not my strong suit, so <laughs> I, I, I don't really, uh, you know, I, I'm scared. That I'm, sometimes I get a little nervous about what I, what I might say by accident, because I, because spell check didn't, didn't help me out quite. That, so. <laughs> that's you know, that's definitely a big thing for me. Yeah. Well, uh, if it makes you feel any better, uh, I have an English degree. I do a lot of writing, both online and other places. I definitely mess up, um, and people call me out on it, and it can be embarrassing. But I just have, you know, I just do it anyways. Oh, well, <laughs> thanks, thanks for the advice. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, like, I just feel like, uh, you know, you either do it or you don't, you know. Uh, and, like, I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, not doing it. I'm just, like, always curious about why people choose to engage or not engage. Fair enough, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I, I've, like, so many times, you know, people are like, just do it and you'll be fine. And it, it's still... It'll, it, for me, it'll be a struggle. Um, I, I ho- hopefully not for the rest of my life, but for the for the foreseeable future, anyway. <laughs> hey, you might just have to keep your Instagram account on private for a little while, so you can get a lot of practice. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of Instagram, uh, you did a social media takeover for the promotion, correct? Yes, I did. Uh, what was that experience like? Um, that experience, it was definitely nerve-wracking, especially in the morning. Um, I was lucky enough to be going to what we call a light contact continuous on that day. So I got to kind of, I, I was, I put on my coach's hat that day, you know, we had uh, some kids uh, competing uh, from our youth program. We had some adults that were looking to get into the, uh, the competitive scene competing for the first time. As, as well, so I was lucky I had a very like, uh, good outlet to kind of share. Um, but in, like I said, in the morning it was definitely nerve wracking, it was a struggle. But by the end of the day, I got I felt like I got warmed up and um, things were going a lot more smoothly. I felt like I had more to say and uh, more content to put out. So it was definitely interesting. Never done anything like that before to you know be, be the man in charge of what you know happening um on 
events on someone else's media platform. Um, it was it was definitely a cool experience, um, and uh, hopefully I'll get to do it again someday. What do you think you learned uh, from doing that uh, Instagram takeover? Uh, based on what I learned is that you know being myself is is okay. You know, like um, it's, you don't have to be uh, super reserved. You can stick yourself out there a little bit, and you know, doing what I, I really get to show what I love to do, which is Muay Thai, coaching Muay Thai. And you know, it's just a, a great experience of uh, you know getting 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 out there. You know, just kind of put myself out there a little bit more. Yeah. So, and in doing this promotional work, obviously one of the reasons for it is ticket sales. And since you are a local boy on the card, ticket sales are a little different than when, say, you fought Lance and Triumphant or when you went to London. What is selling tickets for you like in Calgary? Uh, selling tickets for me in Calgary... Um it it has um, been it's relatively easy while I'm at the gym, right? Um, I'm one of the instructors at both uh, both the elite martial art locations, so I get to interact with a lot of different people every day. Um, and then selling takes to you know those people who are very excited about doing the sport. Um, it's 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 actually kind of easy or easier. Than uh, selling to people um, who are not involved in the sport. Now, I moved to Calgary in 2013, and I've basically been doing Muay Thai since I got here. Um, I'm very much in the Muay Thai scene. I don't have a lot of uh, uh, like friends or acquaintances outside of the Muay Thai scene, um, so. Selling to like other general public can be a bit challenging for me. I don't have like, a family here. I don't have uh, you know a, like friends I went to high school with here, or even in the province of Alberta. Um, so uh, it, that that side can be a little bit more challenging. As far, but as far as people at the gym, it's quite it, it's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and what? Do you like the process of selling tickets, or do you dislike it? What are your general feelings about it? So, on uh, my thoughts on selling tickets, um, I've, I've done this for the gyms in the past, like, or for our gym in the past, uh, like selling, especially when I'm not fighting. Um, I find it a lot easier the further away from my belt is, right? Or, you know, like, when you know Coach Kieran was great, and he got us tickets, you know, seven, six, seven weeks before the sh- uh, the show, and you know, the focus on selling tickets then was definitely a lot easier, because um, obviously we want as many people as we can get at the at the venue that night. Now, as we get, you know, we're two and a half weeks out, selling tickets isn't really the biggest thing on my mind mm-hmm. uh, right now. You know, it's really just preparing for uh, both Cody's and Lance right now. Um, so now, like ticket sales, I'm kind of shoving that over onto my wife's, uh, <laughs> onto her, her role, her role. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And did you? I know you have like a passcode um, f- 
for ticket sales online, but were you given a, a quota of ticket sales that you had to fulfill? Uh, there was no quota on how many tickets we had to sell. Um, we were just given the passcode and told to do the best we could, we can, um, and then we get a, you know, um, part of our pay will come from that those ticket sales, obviously. So make sure that you uh, you push it if you want to get paid. Yeah, that always makes sense. Have you had that experience in the past where, um, you know, some of your pay is based on ticket sales? Uh, well, as an amateur, obviously we're not, not supposed to get paid as, uh, as uh, athletes, so never really in the past has that come up um, for me, um, for me here in Canada. I mean, uh, at least in America, your ticket sales directly correlates to your fight opportunities. Uh, did you have that experience as an amateur? Um, not really, because, you know, most of the amateur shows here in Canada, um, they do a very good job, and they sell out. Like, um, there was never um, really an issue with that. The venues are normally a bit smaller, you know, 500-seat um, venues, you know, sometimes up to a 1,000, but um, with all the gyms kind of just pitching in, and the community is really strong here, especially in Calgary. Um, it never really seemed to be an issue as far as selling out or um, having, like, making sure that your ticket sales were high for what you got for opportunities. On that note, though, like, I feel like I've always had a good support, uh, especially coming from the elite uh, family and, and team. Um, and I've always had a good crowd wherever I've gone. Do you feel like um, your gym has helped you? Uh, learn how to sell tickets and uh, you said that the family and community at the gym is strong uh, do you feel like it's like that at every gym where you know selling tickets is pretty easy and the process has been lubricated um, I, I believe that it, it, there is some um, you know definitely it's not super 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 easy it is nice that everyone knows what uh, Muay Thai is, um, and they're excited about the sport and they like training it. Um, but you still have to put on your salesman hat, and you still have to, you know, tell people why they should come out and you know check out the event. Um, as far as other gyms in the city, I feel like Calgary, like I said, Calgary as a whole has a very strong community, and most of the gyms, you know, they come out in full force for their athletes, um, and it. It, de it, it definitely helps, like, like I said, that they're, everyone's involved, but it, it, you still need to sell. You still need to push, you know, and you got to tell them about, you know, it's not just you that can come, your family can come, your friends can come. So pulling everybody in, you know, trying to get as many people as you can in the door, not just the one or two people you see at the gym. And so why should people come out and see you specifically? What is your pitch for people? Uh, see me specifically yeah. is, uh, you know I'm going to be in a great fight that's it you know um, uh, it's definitely going to be uh, an exhausting fight it's going to be uh, an aggressive fight and you know you're going to see uh, Muay Thai when I, when I fight so that's why you should come up and, and watch me fight well you definitely have me sold um, on that note uh, is there anything we uh, 
didn't talk about that you would have liked to talk about? Uh, I think we've covered it all, Matt. Um, I just want to say once again how excited I am and grateful I am for this opportunity to fight um, for the Sukita Cup um, for men. Um, um, and I'm really looking forward to getting in the ring in two and a half weeks. And if people are interested in following you online and uh, seeing your performances, where should they be looking for you? Um, you best place to follow me is on Instagram um, at Kyle underscore bad news underscore messenger. All right. Well, I, hopefully lots of people will do so and especially since you are sure to put on an exciting show on November 30th. Um, thank you so much for taking your time out and talking to me, Kyle. Uh, thanks for having me, Matt. It was, uh, it was definitely an honor. Great. Uh, good luck.